ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me on the No Higher Calling podcast. If you are listening to this on release day, Merry Christmas. Uh, Christmas just happened to fall on a podcast release day, um, and I don't record live, so I'm doing this in advance. So I'm not recording on Christmas. I hope I'm holding a baby on Christmas, but we'll see what God has in store. Um, We cannot wait for our Christmas present from God. But if you are listening to this on Christmas Day, or I'm assuming probably most of you are busy on that day, so you will be catching up post-Christmas, I just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas from the Brazzles, from No Higher Calling, from our whole team, and just say how much we appreciate you all the kind words that we receive, all of the encouraging messages, um, every order in the shop, just all of it is such a blessing to our family. Um, And we just want to say thank you. And it has been such a journey to have you along with us as we just try to glorify the Lord and share what He is doing in our lives. Um, So that's what this episode is. It's just going to be a few Christmas musings that have been going on in my heart and mind as I prepare my own heart, really, and life and family and home um, for the Christmas season, for the celebration of our Savior's birth. And I just pray that just some of the thoughts that God has been giving to me and just developing in my heart will bless you as uh, we are here in this Christmas week. So today we are going to talk about um, the topic, A Weary World Rejoices. And that phrase is taken straight from the hymn, O Holy Night, um, which is my husband's favorite Christmas song. He loves that one. Uh, Mine is Angels from the Realms of Glory, but his is O Holy Night. And I think it's because he just has the big booming voice that can sing O Holy Night and sound beautiful. Um, But I was reading through this hymn, and if, if you've been around here very long, you know that hymns are so important to our family um, because we have just really been, we've just had our eyes open to the deep doctrinal truth and the evidence of God that we see in the words that are pinned in so many of these rich hymns. Um, And that's led us to uh, putting out a hymn devotional. We have Great Hymns for Growing Hearts. We have the uh, Christmas edition of Great Hymns for Growing Hearts. Christ the Savior is born. O Holy Night is not one of the ones that is tackled in the Christmas book. Maybe there will be a future edition one day. Um, But as I was reading through these words, that phrase just really captivated my heart and since has captivated my mind. And I've been thinking on that. Um, So I'm just going to share with you some of what God has been teaching me as I have thought on this hymn. But before I do that, I'm going to read this verse uh, where we find this little phrase and the chorus of this hymn, uh, just to lay some context, and then we'll dig into this a little bit. I won't keep you long on this episode, um, but I just I want to share something that I really think will encourage your heart because it has encouraged mine. But the first verse of O Holy Night goes like this. It says, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining 
till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices. O night divine, O night when Christ was born. O night, O holy night, O night divine. Um, It is just such a beautiful, beautiful song. So much truth here. But before I get into that too much, I actually want to share this really interesting um, snippet from the book, The Stories Behind the Best Love Songs of Christmas that Zondervan put out. Um, I love the hymn stories too. That adds such depth. That's really what the hymn studies are is just bringing in the different elements of the hymn, the words, scripture, um, the story behind why it was even written. Um, But this one has a really unique story beyond the writing of this hymn. So when we are going to pick up the story, the hymn has already been written, okay? But I'm going to read this little snippet from that book, Stories Behind the Best Loved Songs of Christmas, um, because it's so fascinating. And I just thought it would give some really neat context to this hymn. So the hymn's been written. We're picking up the story, continuing on. So years later, on Christmas Eve, 1906, Reginald Fessenden, a 33-year-old university professor and former chief chemist for Thomas Edison, did something long thought impossible. Using a new type of generator, Fessenden spoke into a microphone, and for the first time in history, a man's voice was broadcast over the airwaves. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. He began in a clear, strong voice, hoping he was reaching across the distances he supposed he would. Shocked radio operators on ships and astonished wireless owners at newspapers were amazed as their normal coded impulses heard over tiny speakers were interrupted by a professor reading the Christmas story. To those who caught this broadcast, it must have seemed like a miracle to hear a voice somehow transmitted to those far away. Perhaps they may have thought they were hearing the voice of an angel. Fessenden was probably unaware of the sensation he was causing on ships and in offices. He couldn't have known that men and women were rushing to their wireless units to catch this Christmas Eve miracle. After finishing his recitation of the birth of Christ, Fessenden picked up his violin and played O Holy Night, the first song ever sent through the air via radio waves. I thought that was just such a neat behind the scenes of this favorite Christmas song. Really doesn't have anything to do with what I'm going to talk to you about and my encouragement that I hope to share today. But I thought that it was such a neat story. You know, could you imagine if all you're used to hearing is all these beeps and clicks on your telegraph and then all of the sudden you hear this voice and not just any voice like scripture being read. I'm sure they did think like, wow, something supernatural is going on here. Um, But how neat and how neat that the first song sent over radio waves was Oh Holy Night, was a song just declaring the wondrous birth of our Savior. Um, So there's a little bit of background, just something interesting for you on this Christmas celebration. But as we jump into this, we really want to focus on that phrase, the weary world rejoices. And really the whole phrase there is just a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. This is a beautiful Christmas hymn um, that celebrates the birth of Jesus. And it's really bringing us into this story, encouraging us to celebrate along with Um, You know, earlier in the song, it says that long lay the world in sin and error pining 
till he appeared and the soul felt his worth. You know, from the first couple, I mean, from the very beginning, from the dawn of time, Adam and Eve, um, when they sinned, when God came and had to punish them and give the curse to the serpent and the woman and the man, um, God did not leave what felt like a hopeless situation hopeless. He gave hope. Uh, that a seed would come that would not just, uh, um, you know, bruise the snake, but that would conquer the snake, the serpent, that would conquer Satan, um, that would give us a way to be reconciled unto God. And for thousands of years, um, people clung to that prophecy. They clung to that hope. They clung to that promise, looking for the day that the Messiah would come. And as we follow the Bible, as you look through ancient history, I mean, history has highs, history has lows. We have world powers that come onto the scene and then they fall off and another one comes. And, um, you know, as we follow the nation of Israel, we see times where their history felt hopeless. Um, You know, you have their time where they were in bondage in Egypt where they, you know, their freedom was stripped from them and they, they waited, they waited for it, for a deliverer to come. Um, finally they had their deliverer in Moses, but it was not the ultimate deliverer. Moses was de- able to deliver them physically from bondage, um, but they were still in bondage to that sin. So we have the sacrificial system of offerings and atonement set up um, in Leviticus and Numbers and, and in those Old Testament books. You know, then Israel declares, we want a king. We want a king. And God says, you have a king. You have me. What more could you want? And they say, no, we want to be like the nations around us. Um, so God gives them their desires. He gives them a king. And that starts a long line of, you know, we had some really good kings in there, um, but there were a lot of really bad kings. And even the good kings, no king is perfect. So they had their ups and downs. In a lot of ways, they got what they asked for. Um, and then as they just continued to get more wicked and corrupt, um, judgment had to come. So they were taken into captivity. You know, the Northern kingdom, the Southern kingdom, they split, taken into captivity, the Babylon in the South and Assyria in the North. They had to go through those years of displacement of captivity. Um, and then they were able to finally return to their homeland. Still things were different than they had ever been before. Um, Israel is looking for that coming of the Messiah. They're longing with that hope. And really the sad thing is, is that so many of the Jewish people are still looking for the coming of the Messiah, not realizing that Messiah has come. He has come the first time and he will come again the second time. Um, But the second time is too late if you have not accepted him as your personal savior. And, And we need to pray. We need to pray for the understanding and for the peace of Jerusalem. Especially in these days, I know so much has been going on politically in the news in that area of the world. Um, but all all of this, you know, we have that transition from all the Old Testament to the New Testament. Um, and and it's, it's beautiful. But it is this different, you know, where one is so heavy law, one all of a sudden becomes so heavy grace. And sometimes we struggle in our, our human minds and in our own thinking and, our, and really our own fleshly desires of uh, how do we merge this law and grace. But God's word is perfect. You know, the law was there to show mankind that you need atonement. You need a deliverer. You need to be freed from the bondage of your sin, that this is something that you cannot accomplish on your own. Therefore, you must look forward to the hope 
of the coming of the Messiah. And then we have the New Testament where, you know, the gospels open up with Messiah has come. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're living in the days where we're looking back. Messiah has already come to the earth. And while we can't experience that like the shepherds, and we can't see it like the eyes of Mary saw it, and we can't touch him like the woman with the issue of blood touched him, and we cannot walk with him and talk with him like Peter, James, and John. Um, you know, the Bible says that we have a more sure word of prophecy. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We have Jesus Christ, the Lord as our shepherd, as our savior, as our guide, um, walking with us through every moment of every day. And sometimes we lose sight of that because it's it's a different presence uh, than, than my husband, than my children, uh, than the people that I can physically see and touch. But that does not mean that his presence is any less real. He is there with us. And I think sometimes that's where we get to Uh, in feeling weary. I'm sure the Israelites were weary as they waited and waited for this this long-awaited Messiah, looking for that promise, waiting for that hope, even today as so many of them are still waiting. Um, But though we haven't witnessed the birth of Christ like these, uh, you know, all the characters of the Bible stories, we have witnessed the work of Christ in our lives. I hope you have. I hope you have. And if you haven't, if you don't know um, if he is your shepherd, we've talked about this all throughout the podcast, settle your soul's salvation. If, If it is Christmas day and you're listening to this, what better day than to accept the gift that this baby came to bring to you? You know, God sent his son to earth for so much more than just to be a baby in a manger. And and I love that aspect of Christmas. I am so delighted and thrilled to celebrate the coming of my Savior. But there was a reason that he came. We have to always connect the manger to the cross. Why did he come? Why did he send this baby? Um, You know, for unto you a child is born, and to us a son is given. And all of this, Why? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16, that is why he came. And I hope that you've experienced the work of salvation in your own heart and life. But God doesn't stop there. We've been talking about that too recently on the podcast, about how he goes beyond that. He wants to to be our friend. He wants to be our father. He wants to completely captivate our hearts and our minds and our souls and be intertwined in everything we are, everything we do. He wants to be there with us. And that is an amazing thing. But I think sometimes, especially as we come to the holiday season and life is busy and there are more things on the calendar than you're going to be able to make time for. And, you know, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to traditions and, and, you know, the Christmas light competition and having the best, you know, TikTok sensation tree or whatnot. Um, You know, there there just comes so many stresses of the holidays. And I think sometimes we come to this season and we're already weary. You know, there's just life and the world and and everything just brings a heaviness. Um, You know, we we live in a sin-cursed world and that alone is just a heavy weight. 
Um, but you know, on top of that, we've got illness and learning disabilities and finances and work issues and relationship issues and children that we're trying to raise for the Lord, but we don't know what we're doing and we're failing and, you know, just all these different, uh, weights that we carry. So sometimes you come into the holiday season feeling weary and then the holiday season tends to bring its own level of weariness. Um, but you come to this and, you know, if, if that's where you are today, if you come to Christmas and you're just weary, or maybe you're post-Christmas, maybe you're going back and catching up on this episode because who wants to listen to Brittany when it's Christmas morning and you have much better things to do? Um, maybe you're recovering from, from Christmas, from the travel, from the wrapping paper all over your house, um, trying to, you know, come down off that high and you're just weary in, in just your, your everyday taking care of the responsibilities. I just want to encourage myself and everybody listening that whatever makes you feel weary, whatever gives you that feeling in your heart, that there is hope. There is not just hope, but there is a thrill of hope. This electricity, this excitement, this pulse that radiates through the weariness, this hope that keeps us going. And that is Jesus Christ. That is the truth that he came. Messiah has come. He came as a baby. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. Uh, He has given us the good news of salvation. And like I said, I pray that you have accepted that for yourself because that's the only way that any of that news is hopeful. If you know all of those things and you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, then the Bible says you're condemned already in your sin. Um, but if you have, have through knowing all of that, acknowledged your need and accepted him as your savior, um, then you can come to it saying there is hope even in a weary world, even in a weary situation, uh, even in a weary heart, a weary soul, a weary mama, there is this thrill of hope. And it's that hope that propels us forward. It is the joy of the gospel, the joy of Jesus Christ, no matter how weary or overwhelmed or anything like that, we have this thrill of hope in Christ. We have an eternal hope that we look forward to. You know, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Uh, The song says, our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Um, and, And one day we will be with Christ and we will no longer ever be weary. All will be satisfied in him. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you with that thought as it has encouraged me. Um, and here just at the end, because I love alliteration and I was just thinking one day um, about all the different things that could make us weary. We could be weary in what? Um, you know, you can be weary, weary in your work. Um, maybe that's a, a career path. Um, maybe that's just your work within the home. You know, I'm a stay-at-home mama and it is everything to me. I love it. There's no higher calling. It's the foundation of everything that I do. Um, But that does not change the fact that we have hard days and that we have long days and that parenting is no walk in the park. Being a wife is brings challenges. It takes work. And sometimes you get weary in just the work of life, the work that God has called you to. Sometimes you get weary in your walk. 
sometimes you are just walking through this life again, tying back to our Psalm 23, we've been talking about this journey of the sheep. And sometimes as you are just walking the day in and the day out of life, you're weary. You look back and you're like, where was I? You look forward and you ask, where am I headed? Um, you know, maybe you're weary in your waiting. Maybe you're in a waiting season where you're praying, you're asking, you're trusting, you're seeking to have the faith that you feel is required and God just doesn't give you a yes. He doesn't give you a no. He just keeps giving you the wait. And I've been there. I've been in waiting seasons before and it is so easy to grow weary in those um, because sometimes you can feel like the presence of the shepherd is is missing because you're stagnant. Um but there is never a stagnant in the Christian life. God teaches us great things in the waiting times. Um, don't grow weary in that. Trust him. He works all things together for good. Um, maybe you're just weary in your worship. You know, there are some times where you know, I'm at church and I just realize I am just going through the motions. Um, I'm just doing what we always do because we always do it because it's a Sunday and we sing three hymns and then we listen to the service and then we sing a closing hymn and then we do it all over again the next week. Sometimes I have to catch myself and stop myself and ask, is this really worship or is this just routine? You know, what, what does Jesus tell the Pharisees? Vain, just vain talk. It's just repetition that is coming out of your mouth. I have to stop and ask myself, have I become weary in my worship? Is it truly worship? Am I truly glorifying at Christ? Am I truly thinking and meditating and and delighting in the words that I am saying, the passages of scripture that I am reading, the preaching that I am hearing? I think it's a good thing for us to check and ask, have we become weary in our worship? And if so, ask Christ to renew that in your heart, a renewed desire to worship him in spirit and in truth, like John talks about. Um, maybe you're weary in your worth. There, we live in a day and age where there's just so many struggles with identity. Who am I? Where do I fit? Where do I belong? Um, what is my purpose? What is my calling? What? Where? How do I find joy? What? What? truly brings me joy. Um, sometimes, you know, we feel like we're on the hamster wheel of life and, you know, we stop sometimes and ask ourselves, what is, what's the point? Um, if you're weary in your worth, look to Christ and realize as you read his word and as you, as you read his love letter, it is a love letter. As you read his love letter to you, you will find your worth. Your worth is not in self-affirmation. Your worth is not in, you know, a certain number on the scale or beautiful clothes in your closet or a husband that, that just says how beautiful you are, gushes about your beauty day in and day out. Our worth is found anchored deep in Christ. And the only way that that can happen is if we are anchored in Christ. And the way that that happens is to be deeply rooted in the truth and the wisdom of his word. So if you're weary in your worth, dig your heart deep into his word and let it wash you and change you. Maybe you're weary in your wandering. We talked about that path of life. Um, you know, in Proverbs, it says that the path of the justice is a shining light that shineth brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. That is a Brittany paraphrase. So don't quote me when you're like, whoa, that wasn't a normal version that I'm used to. <laughs> that's my that's my paraphrase from my memory. Um, but as we are hopefully walking the path of the just, the path of the righteous, the path of the redeemed, 
Um, it should be getting brighter and brighter. We should be walking towards Christ, but sometimes we wander. Sometimes we stumble off the path. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking I've, I've read my children, uh, Little Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim had a path. He had a purpose. He knew his purpose. He knew his destination. But there were times where he caught himself wandering, maybe not aware of it at first. It started as one step here, a few steps there. Oh, well, we're just walking right beside the path. Um, It just happens to be more luscious grass over here than that rocky road. Um, But before he knew it, he was in a completely different place than he ever intended to be. And I think sometimes in our own lives, we, we get wandering and we can be weary in that, wondering where did I go wrong? How do I get back on the path? Where do I go from here? Um, you know, we see that in David. David was weary of battle. And because of that, he was somewhere that he should not have been. He should not have been at home at the palace. Um, then we find him on his rooftop and he sees Bathsheba and he should not have been there. Uh, to start with. But when he was there, when he saw her, he should have left. He should have walked away, but he continued to wander. He continued to linger. He continued to let his eyes wander from where they should be, which led him down a path that brought such deep consequences. Um, But David shows us the path back. The path back is praying, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. It's confessing and turning from and forsaking and getting your feet planted back on the path. Christ can help you. Maybe you're weary in your wanting. Maybe it's something that that you're wanting God to do. Maybe it's something that you're wanting in your life. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's in your ministry. Um, you're wanting God to break through. I mean, we're, we're, we just started a baby church a few months ago. We're wanting God to do big things. Um, you know, maybe there's something in your life that you're wanting God to break through for you for. Um, or or maybe it's already like like our church. Maybe the, the wheels are turning. The, the train is moving moving, but you're wanting and trusting for more. Um, but sometimes it can be weary, like, God, okay, here we are moving forward. We're doing what you told us to do and we're happy in it. Um, but you're not moving according to our timeline. And sometimes you can get weary in that wanting in feeling like I am wanting something that I feel like aligns with your heart, God. So why am I feeling weary? Why am I still waiting for this? Um, We have to remember that his ways are not our ways, but his ways are higher than our ways. When we are weary in our wanting, we remember that he knows what he's doing and he does all things according to his perfect will. Maybe you're weary in your worrying. Um, I, I tend to be a worrier. That's something that I have really been trying to ask God to help me with. Um, but maybe you just have worries on your heart. You know, I think being a mother brings a whole new level to the worry game. Um, you know, no longer you just have worries for yourself or for your spouse or for your marriage. I mean, now you've got these children and sometimes, you know, maybe it's just a day to day, like survival, like you're worried how you're going to manage to keep them alive till they're 18. Um, you know, I have a lot of littles. So often that is my worry. Don't eat that strange plant that we don't know what it is. Um, you know, don't touch that spider. Now that we're here in Australia, he could bite you and we don't know if he's poisonous or, you know, maybe you're just worrying about, is my baby developing like they should? Um, are they hitting their milestones? Maybe you have learning struggles with the child. I mean, the children bring so many worries. Um, and then, you know, then we have the deeper things of worrying, like, 
What if they don't turn out? Uh, what if they don't choose our faith? What if what if they stray? What if um, you know something they? What if they choose a sin that greatly impacts the rest of their future? Um, and you know, I'm the young mom looking forward. Maybe you're the older mom looking back, and you're worrying. You know, my my child has already made choices. And, and I'm worried about them because where they are, where they've been, where their trajectory is headed, we can get weary in that worrying. And it just makes me think of that verse, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Um, there's another verse in the Psalms that is so comforting that says, in the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. God gave me that verse in an intense season of worry. A lot was going on in in my home, in in my extended family's home. Um, a lot that that had a right to be worried about, but my worrying did not change anything other than my own heart. And it left me in a place that was not reliant upon Christ. And I had to learn that, yes, I was weary in my worry. And I had to come to him with that and trust him for things. Uh, you lean not into my own understanding, but trust in the Lord. And then the last one here, maybe you're weary and you're weeping. Maybe you are crying out for a wayward child. Maybe you are weary weeping for a soul of someone that you love that just is is closed, is closed to the gospel. Um, maybe you're in, in a chronic illness that there is no light at the end of the tunnel. You have found out that there is no cure. This is your forever and you're weary in that. You're weary in that diagnosis. You're weary in the weeping and the grief that comes with that. Maybe you've lost someone you've loved. I lost a child, lost a family member, lost a, a baby. Um, maybe maybe you're, you're weary and you're weeping of waiting for a child, asking God, trusting God, um, and, and he has not given you that, and, and you weep through those things. You know, God says he is nigh unto the brokenhearted. He holds us up there are so many things that can make us weary. These are just a few W's that God put on my heart and mind as I was praying through this and thinking on this. But in each one of these things, whether you're weary in your work, your worship, your walk, your worth, your waiting, your wandering, your wanting, your weeping, your worrying, whatever, uh, whatever makes you weary, if you are a child of God, there is a thrill of hope. And I hope as I touched on each one of those W's that I gave you a scripture verse that can encourage you, that can help realign your thinking. You know, one thing I'm learning in my own life, I feel like I could just hashtag my life this, is perspective is everything. And sometimes in those weary seasons, it is so difficult to have a mental perspective that is healthy, that is rooted in truth. Satan's lies are so loud and in those those times of weariness and weakness and when our soul is worn um it's even they're even louder they're even louder in our ears and it tends to be the time where we draw back from finding the hope that is found in our in the love letter that God gave us but in reverse it's in those times that we need to be even quicker to run to his word because it is in his word that we find the hope that relieves our weary soul a lot of those situations may not change your weeping may endure 
You may still wait. You may still be going through a tough situation, but there will be a thrill of hope. Like we said earlier, that undercurrent, that zeal, that drive that keeps you going in the midst of it all. There is a hope. You have Christ with you today this very moment. And beyond that, we have an eternal hope where God has promised that he will wipe away all tears, that there will be no more pain, no more suffering. We will be in the presence of the one who who is is the very definition of hope. And that that's the Christmas message that I just wanted to give you today. The Christmas message that really I feel like the Lord has given me that has brought um, such comfort and really realignment back to my heart as I focus on the truth, as I focus on God's word, that in, in weary seasons, in, in a weary world, in weary days, that our thrill of hope is Christ Jesus. And let's just one really quick look back at that chorus. When we realize, when we acknowledge and come to the understanding that the, that the thrill of hope is him and we can rejoice in that what does that lead us to it leads us to falling on our knees hear the angel voices o night divine o night when christ was born fall on your knees praise him for his goodness ask him to to help you in your weary season and to give you that thrill of hope so that it can change you from the inside out. And you know what? One of the most amazing things is when Christ does that work in your life, it affects those around you. What better thing to spread this Christmas season than hope, than the hope of Christ? There are people everywhere, all around us, I am. I can say with almost 100% assurance that every woman that is listening to the sound of my voice, your life touches someone who is hopeless, who needs the hope of Christ. Let the hope of Christ be made real in you, weary or not. And sometimes it's when that hope radiates from a weary soul that it speaks to the world the loudest. Let Christ shine and share the hope that he is with those around you. I pray that each of you have a wonderful Christmas, uh, a blessed Christmas season with your family, and just a new year full of a renewed intensity to know God and love him more. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.